Welcome to The Pulse on Akaville Radio, hosted by Rachel Schoenbaum. Welcome to today's episode of The Pulse. This is Rachel, and I am so excited to be sitting down with the MIT Logarithms. Hey, folks, how you doing? Good. Doing great. Oh, yeah. Thank you. It's awesome. Yes, it's nice to meet you as well. So I know that the logs have been around for a long time and that none of you were there when that happened. But presumably you have some background on how the group began that you could share with us. So the group was founded in 1949. um, And so it started off as a barbershop singing group. Um, So like four-part harmonies, doo-wop, jazz standards. um, And it kind of continued that way for like the next four or five decades. Um, until the 90s and 2000s when like college acapella started getting really, really big and we kind of jumped on that bandwagon too uh, and started singing more pop and and rock and and having more inventive syllables and and stuff. And so uh, I think that's kind of where we've been since kind of continuing to try to push the envelope in in that direction. Yeah. With that kind of history of a a group, you know, that's a lot of, of... of time, a lot of people that have been through the group, and maybe even a lot to live up to. I wonder if for you all, what prompted you, first off, I guess, to become part of the logs, and and how much did that play a role in your decision to become members? I I get you. Sure. Um, So it's funny. So I didn't uh, sing before coming to to college, but um, I've been playing jazz trumpet my entire life, pretty much. Um, So I knew when I got to MIT, I wanted to try something new and singing seemed like a fun thing to do. And so I auditioned for the group and and got in. And I think um, in addition to hearing how cool the group was and and all the cool musical things they were doing, uh, something that I thought was really exciting was that like people saw the group as like an avenue to try creative things on one hand. And then the second thing is that there's a really big uh, alumni connection. Like our alumni are very supportive of things. Like we reach out to them, we ask them for advice. They, you know, we say we want to try this and they say you may want to do this to do that. And so I think seeing those both ends, seeing like a, a space where I could be creative and also have the support to do that was really attractive to me. And that's why I've been really happy to be a member of the group. Yeah. Others? Yeah, I, um, uh, MIT hosts an event for prospective students called uh, Campus Preview Weekend. And the logs historically perform at that. So that's the first time I saw the logs. And I was kind of um, just like taken away of like at, at how um, like unabashed they were and how outgoing they were um, and energetic. And that was super appealing to me. Um, and so not only did they have the energy, but they also had the musical talent. And I was like, that's the that's the kind of group I want to be in. So that, that's kind of what drew me there. And also just um, to, to speak to, to the alumni support, um, we recently had our 70th um uh, reunion of the of the logs, our, our 70th uh, anniversary of, of the logs, and it was uh, incredible to see all the support from the alumni and just how large our alumni community is and how far it reaches back. So that's definitely a, a huge part of logs for us. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, actually, going back to what Quinn said about our campus preview weekend, I actually heard Quinn sing and everyone here um, singing uh, the middle. Um, and I remember just being absolutely wowed and then being like, I really want to be a part of that group. And then so I like implored more. I asked like some people I knew around campus. And I even met like a few other people that I knew were like in the group and just hearing about like the sense of community that the group has and how everyone here just supports one another. Like not only just the music, but the community really brought me in and really made me want to join the logs. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I have much more to say other than what these people have already covered, but uh 
I think when I was deciding what kind of group I wanted to be in, I think uh, a big part of why I chose Logs is because of uh, the strong sense of like community and family that it provided. I think that's like very central to the um, not only like the culture but the actual organization of the group. Yeah. So I wonder if you can talk a little bit about you know you mentioned before that the 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 rep style, the style of music that the group sings has changed significantly over its its longevity. But what, I wonder if you can talk a little bit about where the logs feel most at home these days. Uh, in terms of uh, musically, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think we do really well. I mean, I mean, if you've seen our performances, you know we, we do well with high energy performances. Um, I think that's where we still shine the most. I think recently we've begun to do types of music that are, that are a little bit out of our comfort zone in terms of just being more complex musically. But I think something that we retain um, is high energy performances and like just that whole um, like trying to inject as much like fun and, and like excitement into our performances as possible. So I think we we do that the best. Cool. Is it difficult then for you to choose songs that meet that criteria? Is there like how, how do you ultimately end up choosing the songs you want to add to your rep? So, so uh, typically how it goes is the director for each semester chooses the set. So um, I'm the director for, for this semester. So um, before the semester starts, the director essentially picks um, a list of songs that they want to, um, want to include in the semester. Um, and that is completely up to the director. Um, so uh, personally, what I thought about is how I wanted the arc of the set to go, um, which soloist I wanted to feature, what kind of message I wanted to bring with the set, um, and how each song fit together in a coherent set. Um, but it's very, it's very, it's very um, creative and very uh, individual to the director, which is kind of a cool aspect of our set. So, yeah, I, I mean, you're what I'm sort of picking up from what you're laying down is that there are different directors every semester. Which, how do you maintain sort of a a consistency with obviously the welcome changes that come from a new vision? Um, I think just because people are typically in the group for four years during their time at MIT, I think just being in the group for a couple of years before you, you become director, you understand other people's music interests and you understand what would work well within the group. Um, and you kind of understand the log style. And I think that is, that's how you kind of determine what actually sounds good and kind of has that continuity in it. Yeah. So then from, uh, from year to year, you obviously, not only you switch uh, directors over from semester to semester, but from year to year, you, you sort of gain and lose people as people graduate and move on and new people come in. And I wonder, do you have a process by which you, I, I don't want to say indoctrinate because that's not really the right word, but th that you bring people in and make them feel a part of the group. Yeah. I, I guess we, we try to do that. I think there, there are different there are different sides to it. There's the community part of it that we touched on, um, where uh, when oftentimes when we accept new members, oftentimes they're freshmen. And so they're still trying to uh, learn the ropes of MIT. And so they could use someone to help them do that. And so while they're doing that, we kind of say, you know, uh, this is what MIT is like. Maybe go here, do this if you want to do this. And then... Um, we try to integrate them in this community by introducing them to alumni and stuff. And so on the personal side, that's where they get integrated. On the musical side, um, oftentimes we talk a lot about, Quint mentioned performance. So there are a lot of things that are unique to our performance that um, we try to show our members early on um, that, are, that are unique to us. Um, and I think in, in that way, they kind of see that, okay, this, this is like a, a pretty singular experience and that there are very 
specific elements of what we do that are exciting and cool. And then I, they kind of latch on. Um, so it's kind of just like throwing a bunch of things at them in the beginning and then seeing what sticks and hopefully it's all of it. Um, and that <laughs> seems to be the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think something else that really helped with that is that um, when, uh, when the new members come into the group, they see senior members of the group who've been there for a while and they see our excitement, they see our dedication, they see how much logs has impacted not only our career at MIT, but our, our lives personally. And I think that also inspires them to, to put a lot of effort into logs and um, understand that it's like, it, it definitely is a family and that's probably the most important part about it. Yeah. I'm a freshman member of the group and like, just being like, after joining the group, we're, we're given like, not given, but like um, the senior members of the group actually like kind of form us um, mem- mentors for us. And like, not only make sure that like, we're like having a good time and like, we're learning like our music and that like, that we feel really like a part of the community in the group and that we feel like comfortable in school and just making sure that like, just overall checking um, our well-being at MIT. That's lovely. Well, we have so much more coming up with MIT logarithms, but we're going to need to take a break. On our way out, we'll be hearing them do How Deep Is Your Love? Here are the logarithms with that song and stick with us. We'll be back in just a few moments. And we're back with the logarithms from MIT. So, before the break, we talked a little bit about, you know, sort of the the dedication and the time that you all spend. And one of the things that you dedicate time to is recording. That's a part of, of what's important to the group. And I wonder how you decide when is the right time to lay down tracks and how you decide which ones actually get that privilege. So um, we, we have a specific role delegated for that purpose, the CD manager. Um, who, who, who works closely with the director to plan which songs go on our EPs and CDs. Um, I think in terms of deciding what songs go on our, on, on our <coughs> albums, it's not only up to the CD, I mean, I think in the end it's up to the CD manager, but it's typically a very collaborative process, talking with other members of the group who have a lot of musical know-how and stuff, especially people who have done recordings before. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, I don't think you have anything more to say about that, but. Yeah. Uh, so in, in, it, it kind of been so when when the CD manager starts starts their role, oftentimes they kind of inherit songs that maybe were recorded before, um, but it's really up to them. Just like the director role has like it's a very unique driven creative role. It's also up to the incumbent CD manager to kind of drive forward. Do we want to record an EP this semester? Do we want to release a single? Do we want to drop an album? Um, and so it's kind of like a collective thing. So we try to make um, transitions between CD managers quite seamless, in that like if someone has an idea. <laughs> maybe they, they try to inherit it so that it's building towards something so it's not discontinuous. Um, I think in the past, um, in terms of music releases, in order to stay relevant, I think CD managers tried to release something at the most every two, three, four years. Um, there was a time in our recent history where we hadn't released anything for, I think, five years. And so uh, someone, uh, his name is Neil, he graduated in 2018. He came to the group and noticed that and he wanted to release more projects while he was the manager. So that's when, while he was in the group, um, uh, he and other people in the group, like myself, um, we we released two records um, um, while I was here. And so um, the last record we released was called Do You Have This Room Reserved? Um, came out in 2018. Um, and I think the, the process of putting together an album is a very fun, unique one in that oftentimes when you choose a song, when the director chooses a song, there's kind of this like further thought of, okay, 
if we were to go from this live arrangement to this live song, how can we translate it to a studio arrangement? So that's kind of always going in the back of the mind of an arranger, of a director, of people as well, that like, yeah, it would be really cool to record this thing. What are things we could do eventually? And so typically, especially in my time in the group, that process has been particularly creative. Like um, this person I mentioned, Neil, um, he's arranged a lot for this group and a lot of his arrangements are on our uh, albums. And so um, he, he, myself, some of the alumni as well, um, when we're making theater arrangements, um, it's kind of like us kind of in this room saying like, uh, maybe you could try this here, uh, maybe you could do this here. Um, and it's a, it's a really cool process. It may sound kind of corny, but when you like put people together in a room to do something creative, it, it's very magical, I guess. Yeah, I love that. So other things that people spend their time doing that groups, you know, maybe debate about spending their time doing is competition. And I wonder if you can talk about the role that competition plays for the group and when you decide it's the right time to compete and when you take a step back from competition. Um, so we are, we typically are a non-competing group. Um, and I think the main reason for that, and perhaps Baba can speak to this a little bit more. The main reason for that is, um, yes, we are an acapella group, but also we're busy MIT students. And that takes up a ton of time because we're um, equally, as, if not more dedicated to our, to our academics. Um, as passionate as we are about, about acapella, we still have to, um, we still have to get, our, get, our, get our academics down. Um, and I think also something that personally I think is, an, is a negative side of competition is that it, um, it creates a purpose of the group that I think I don't agree with. Mm. Um, and I think the purpose of the group is to bring together people who have a love for music, a love for performing, a love for arranging, whatever it may be. Um, and try to foster that in the best way possible rather than trying to direct it towards some sort of competitive goal. That's my personal opinion on it. I'm sure every single member you ask would have a different opinion about it. Um, yeah, but I think, I think a major consideration is just the time commitment of, of competing is just, is just quite a lot to ask from dedicated MIT students. Absolutely. Yeah. So then outside of things like that, I mean, obviously you have concerts and other events that you participate in and how, how do you decide when it's the right time is, is it a semesterly thing that you do a concert how, how does that calculus work so yeah we have a concert uh every semester um towards the end of the semester um and it's a big project for us it's basically like a, kind of like our one and only unveiling of the entire semester's work so um it's a pretty big deal um we really want to make sure that it happens every semester um, but we also perform just generally uh, during the semester for businesses, schools, uh, colleges, through elementary. Um, yeah, we make sure to practice a lot and then to put on a good show at any point in the semester. In any given year, how much new music are you bringing in and how much music are you retiring? Well, um, again, that's up to the director. Um, I think probably uh, if you counted the number of songs in each of our se- uh in, our, in, in each of our sets at that uh, that year-end um, concert, usually rounds out to about twelve or so. Um, but again, that's up to the up to the director. Um, also, up to you know what kind of time we have for the semester. For instance, if we have, uh, for instance, last semester we had our seventieth um, logs anniversary. So that took up as much of time. So it, it very much depends. Um, but again, that's that's pretty much up to the director. Yeah. Cool. cool. So I wonder if you can talk a little bit about sort of what you see the future of the group going. Where would you like to see the group in the next two, three, five years? What what direction would you like to see the group head? 
Uh, I think that's also, it's hard to answer with like a concrete goal. I think the biggest emphasis that we have is that we want to make sure that people feel like they're involved and that they're also like pursuing creative projects while they're in the group. Um, so I think it really comes down to the individual desires of people and the um, projects kind of like spontaneously occur along the way. Uh, but <clears throat> definitely in my mind, there isn't like a, let's try to achieve this one thing in the next five years type of thing. I think it's more like um, each person kind of thinks like, what do I want to contribute to this group in like four or three years? And then they just try to make it happen. Yeah. What I want. So what I've seen out of the group is alums are always really excited to come back and just like see what the group has come up with since they've been there. And I'm personally really excited, really excited for um, coming back when I'm an alum and just like seeing what the group is doing and, be, and being completely surprised and just, you know, trusting that they will be able to do what they do well and like, be able to come up with something amazing. Um, if I, I think if I see like members of the group who are excited and like Jinhee was saying, have some sort of passion, some sort of creativity for something in the group, then I will be happy. Yeah. So I wonder, you know, in terms of um, th- this group has, a, a, as we talked about before, the group has a, a lot of longevity. And I wonder um, for if you have advice for other groups who may not have that that history, that alumni network that you have, how would you suggest that they get to sort of the 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 system you all have built for yourselves? I think I think the most important thing is like building a sense of community, um, for at least for for like longevity purposes, for a group to like really stay together. I think you need to get buy-in. I think one way you really do that is to like get people to feel like, okay, this thing that I'm putting time in on a weekly basis, I it's like, this thing deserves my time, right? And, and and I think in that process, you'll get more and more people who feel like they want to come back more and more, and then you'll, you'll build that longevity. Um, I think our predecessors did a really good job of, of that, and I think that's why we've still been able to exist. Yeah. Do you have um, retreats, things like that, to help you make those connections and deepen and foster the connections you already have? Yeah, yes, we do. Um, and, uh, during uh, during our the fall semester, we have a retreat where we go um, into deep into the woods and we have bonding and we spend a bunch of time with each other. We like sing music and it's a really it's a really fun time. And that's like a great opportunity for us to get to know each other better and, and create that sense of community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We also uh, typically each fall and each spring we do um, a tour. Um, we travel somewhere, share our music with, with different uh, different parts of the country, um, different parts of the world, even, and that's a that's always been a very important experience to kind of bond the group together and become closer to the community. Yeah, you talk about sort of the community, and I wonder if that sort of is more broadly related to the Boston acapella community because. I mean, MIT, as for those who may not know, is the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, therefore in Massachusetts and in, or near Boston, maybe if not in Boston proper, I can't remember. Um, but, you know, the, the scene in Boston for acapella is very rich and deep. And I wonder if, uh, like, how that impacts your community, your group, and how you feel a part of that. Yeah. Um, so... We um, have reached out and have been reached out by, um, to by different groups in the area. And so, like, we worked with um, Pitch Please. Um, we worked with the Weed and Williams, the Jackson Joes from Tufts. We've, um, it's really good, like, forming these bonds with these different groups um, in the local, um, in the Boston area. 
and then to be able to perform together and share our like our music and our passion for our music with them and to see like what kind of creative things they're doing and like just see like how like all these different groups like even though we're all doing acapella just doing different styles and just seeing how it all just forms like this beautiful like community that like, just inspire one of you um we inspire one another and just it's great mm-hmm. oftentimes throughout the year there are quite a few um events at uh, private schools or, or whatever where it's um a big gathering of many acapella groups locally and it's always really fun you know either before or after your own, your own performance to sit and see what other groups are doing and like nick said like that's one of the coolest things is like knowing what your group does and thinking that's great but also just like seeing this other group you know seeing how amazing they are this all the different stuff that they're doing it's, it's really cool to, to observe that that's awesome well, with everything that you have going on, we're so grateful you took some time to spend with us. It's been such a thrill. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That was the MIT Logarithms. And as we say goodbye, we'll be hearing them do Redbone. And for those of you with sensitive ears, there are some explicit ear- lyrics. Uh, so thank you so much. We'll be back next week with another episode of The Pulse. Here are the Logarithms with Redbone. Thanks for listening to this week's The Pulse, only on Acaville Radio. Remember, Acaville Radio is your home for the best in acapella news, music, and video. Only at acaville.org.